Hope they do an awesome job. All the kids can be dismissed to go to their classes today. It's going to be about half my people clear out. <laughs> Everybody's welcome to go. I think it's, is it 10 and under, 11 and under? They'll have a lot more fun down there than they will with me, I'm sure. I want to talk to you today about being a skillful ambassador, right? I'm going to take right off with about five or six verses here to start with. Here's the six verses. Everybody there, 2 Corinthians 5, 15 through 21. It says, he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. He died for anybody who will receive it, right? We have, to have the, we have to have the faith that he gave us, right? He deals to every person the measure of faith to even believe in him to come to him anyway. But if he deals us that measure of faith, he, he, deals it, he, he, he wants to give it to everyone if we'll receive it, right? Yeah. But when we receive it, we no longer live for ourselves. It says instead they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. He died and was raised for us that our sins can be paid for once and for all, right? That we can receive all the things that come along with that. Instead, they will live for Christ. Who died, oh, 16 says, so we have, stopped, or we have stopped elevating others from a human, a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. It's saying we, we look at people spiritually now, right? That's what he's talking about. How differently we know him now. 17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. I'm not who I used to be. I'm not an addict anymore. I'm not a drunk anymore. I'm not, I'm not those things anymore. Now he calls me a pastor, right? Now he calls us sons. Now he calls us daughters. He calls us that we're co-heirs with Jesus Christ. That's what we are because we're not that person that we used to be. It says, the Bible says that he takes our, our sin and casts it as far away as the east is from the west. You're not char he, he will never charge that to you again. People might charge it to us. But God never will, right? Where was that? Has, has become a new person. The old life has gone. The new life has begun. 18. And all of, all of this is a gift from God. I'm reading from the NLT today. It sounds a little bit different than your Bible probably. But I felt like it really brought out the meaning of it. So I'm, I'm reading that translation today. And all of, all of this is a gift from God. Who brought us back to himself through Christ. We were, we, he reconciled the relationship through his son. We couldn't come to him before that. We had to go to a high priest and ask him. And, and, and even when they made the sacrifices, it didn't cover their sins, right? It just, it just appeased it for a little while. The sin wasn't gone. It was still charged them, right? They couldn't make it to heaven in the Old Testament until Jesus came back, right? That's why he went down and took the keys of death out on the grave. That's why he went down before he came up, amen, because they couldn't make it reconciled people to him for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself no longer counting people's sins against themselves right everybody should give a big hallelujah right there Sam I don't care how good you are it says for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and when we're reading the book of Revelation they're talking about that lake of fire burns with a brimstone and fire that word brimstone translates to sulfur sulfur burns at almost 6,000 degrees about the same as a cutting torch can you imagine a whole lake that hot? People say, I'm going to go have a party with my friends. It's going to be a good time. No, it ain't. That's a lie from the devil. It ain't going to be no party you want to go to, right? People send, and, and, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So he gave us the, mess, the same message that Jesus came and taught, right? 
He used Jesus to come and pay for our sins that we could be reconciled back to God. And he gave us the same message. Go give your testimony. Go tell him what I've done for you, right? Go be a disciple, right? Win people to the Lord. Grow my kingdom. Work miracles. What it said, right? You think the disciples worked miracles or you think they just stood there? Right? I'm talking about being a skillful ambassador. Well, let's read on. So we are Christ's ambassadors. Now, what do you think of when you think of, a, of an ambassador? An ambassador, as we know it today, would be someone who goes to another country. You know, an American ambassador would go to a, a different country, and he would do as the president, say, would do if he were there, right? He carries out business that w- the same way that we would do if we were there, or the same thing. And he also carries authority, right? An American ambassador, they, they don't want to mess with an American ambassador. They'll come down with all the weight of the United States military on top of your head. Amen? It's the same for Christians. We have authority. The enemy don't want to mess with God's people, with God's sons and daughters. What would you do if somebody messed with one of your little girls? (laughs) It's the same way that God feels about us. That's why our authority works, because we have the spirit living inside of us. You get what I'm saying? Amen? So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. He's appealing to the world through us, it says. We speak for Christ when we plead. Come back to God. Is that not what we're supposed to be doing all the time, church? Come back to God. Come back to God. Let me tell you what he's done for me. Come back for God. Look how much different my life looks. I'm living differently because of what he did, because his love is coming into my life. It's showing through my life. Come back to God. Please come back to God. Not judging people, not talking about people, not beating them with your Bible. Please come back to God. Just, would you, would you just listen? If you don't, you're going to wind up in hell. You got to tell them the truth still. Sometimes the truth hurts a little bit. Sometimes they won't like it. They'll either turn to it or they'll turn away from it, right? But we should be pleading, please come back to God. I'm, I, I, you don't, you don't want to tell them you're an ambassador of Christ, but I'm an ambassador of Christ, so I'm pleading for them. That's what Jesus did, wasn't it? Come on back. He worked miracles and signs and all the things that we think are wonderful that did all the people in the Old Testament, the, the, the prophets and things that worked miracles and signs. It was to win people. It was to win people. It wasn't just to be cool or, 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 or to work a good sign or to get somebody healed. It was, God wants to see us healed. He wants to see, those, he wants to see blessing in our lives. But it's to win souls. Bottom line, to win souls, right? We're supposed to be pleading. Come back to God. 21 says, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering of our sin, or for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. It's because of his sacrifice, right? That we get to be his ambassadors, that we get to be his sons and daughters, right? As an ambassador of Christ, we do what he would do if he was here, right? So we're conducting his business. If we're going to conduct the business of God or the business of Christ, wouldn't we need to be skillful in that? He spent three years walking with the disciples, training them personally. Then he had them write a book about how they were trained so that we could read the book and we could get the training manual from them, right? We need to be skillful in this manual that he gave us. We need to be skillful, skillful in the relationship with him. We can't just do his business any old way and think it's going to be all right. We can't just let our minds wander where we, wherever they want to go and, and live any old way we want to do and think that we can be his ambassadors. Who's going to take us serious, church? If we're living one way and we're pleading, no, come back to God. They don't want what you got. If you still got the world, it's nothing different than what they have. That's why he says, come out from among them and be ye separate, right? We have to be skillful, skillful. 
skillful in following the leading of the Spirit. We talked about last week. If you weren't here last week, go get the podcast. Listen to it. Be skillful in following the leading of the Holy Ghost. Be skillful in showing love. Church can't be judgmental. Can't be looking down your noses at people. I'm better than you are because I don't do what you're doing anymore. Or maybe you never did what they're doing anymore. But you got your own sin. Right? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Don't be pointing the finger at somebody else. My pastor used to say when one finger is pointed at somebody else, there's three pointing back at you. Right? We got to be skillful in showing love. We got to be skillful in being a witness, pleading with them to come back to God. Telling your story, what God's done for you, right? Leading people to him. We need to be skillful in that. Amen? Amen. We need to be skillful with our prayer life. Not just going and telling God what we want and what we need and, and, how this, and, and then telling him how to do it, how to take care of us. He already knows what you need. He already knows how to take care of you better than you think you know. Right. Amen? We've got to be skillful in our prayer life. Our prayer life, it's okay to go to God and tell him your needs. He, it says in his word he wants to, us to tell him, but he already knows. He wants us to talk about it, though. He wants us to release our faith on it, right? And then believe that he's got it. But a prayer life is more than that. A prayer life is fellowship with God. It's going and talking. You know, God, I just want you to know that I love you today. I love you. What do you want me to know about you today? Just talking to him. Just talking to him. Just having a relationship. And it has to go back and forth. It has to reciprocate. Every good relationship reciprocates. If I just talk and talk and talk and talk, and I don't ever hear anything Brenda says, She'll tell me I'm not a good listener. She tells me I'm not a good listener a lot of days anyway. Right? But every relationship's like that. It has to reciprocate. We can talk to God and tell him what we think and how we feel and everything. He knows everything about us anyway, but he wants that relationship. But then we have to shut up sometimes and hear what he's got to say. And sometimes it hurts what he has to say. But we've got to respond to that thing. That's part of being a doer of the word, right? We've got to respond to what he says, and, and whatever he says we need to do, we've got to do it. Or whatever he says not to do, we've got to do that thing, right? We need to be skillful in self-control. Yeah. Oh, that's a tough one right there, huh? Yeah. How's your mouth doing lately, your tongue? Mine gets ahead of my mind a lot of times. My mouth can go off before my mind ever thinks. Self-control, right? Self-control with our mouth, self-control with things that we indulge or take part in, self-control in every aspect of our life. Yeah. If we're going to be a good ambassador, a skillful ambassador, we've got to be skillful in self-control, skillful with authority, yeah. skillful with your words. Yeah. You can say, oh, my leg is killing me, or you can say, I know that I received this healing over 2,000 years ago. Jesus paid for it, yeah. and today I'm expecting a, manifesta- a manifestation of it. Yeah. It'd be a lie to say this part's not hurting or that's not going on, right? I don't have a headache when I do have a headache. That's just a lie. But God's word says, by his stripes, you were healed. Over 2,000 years ago, it was paid for. But we got to use our faith and our authority and our words to release it. So we have to be skillful with authority and with our words. So then that brings us to the last point that I I have, that we need to be skillful, skillful with the working of miracles. You say, Pastor, I don't know how, I don't, I, don't, I don't know about that. What about the disciples? They didn't just stand there and the miracles happened in front of them. There were some things that had to happen. They had to listen to Jesus and let him be their example. And they had to, they, they had to do some things. Following the leading of the Holy Ghost. I'm not just talking about just jumping out and, and, and into silliness. I'm talking about following the leading of the Spirit. When he tells you to go lay hands on somebody, somebody and pray for them, you better do it. Right? 
When he says you say these words or you say these words or you do this or that, even if it sounds funny to you, you better do it. Yeah, amen. Amen? amen? I've seen people healed, dramatically healed right in front of our eyes. Yeah. Multiple times. Many of you have. But we don't see it all the time because we're not skillful in it, right? It has to be by his leading, though. When Jesus walked on earth, when Jesus walked on earth, he was led by the Spirit, was he not? The Word says he was led by the Spirit. The disciples were led by the Spirit, right? When Jesus walked on earth, though, he was the power. Think about that. The Spirit couldn't live inside of him in the Old Testament. The Spirit would come on keist, priests, not keist, priests, kings, and prophets for, for a work, for a service. Y'all are awful quiet today. I got a lot out of this when he gave it to me. He'll come on a priest, king, or prophet for a service, but they didn't have the Spirit of God living inside of them. So you look at when people were healed in the New Testament before Jesus died on the cross, what happened? They came to him every time. Or they came to his disciples, the one that he had endowed with power, but they weren't going to other places and getting healed. They couldn't just pray to God and get healed. Remember the lady with the issue of blood? She had to come and touch his him, right? The, the man whose boy was, had leprosy, he had to bring the boy to him, right? There was something they had to do. They had to come to Jesus because he was the power. Jesus was the power, right? Everyone came to him. He gave his disciples power, and of course, if they went out and used that power, but now he's given us the same power, right? Yeah. Jesus also had to learn the power that he had. He had to learn the word of God. It says he was the word of God, but you remember all the times he was in the temple? He was studying. He was reading the scrolls. He, his miracles progressed. He didn't start off raising someone from the dead. He started off making water into wine. I heard one preacher preach this week when I was, and I can't prove this, so I'm not going to say thus says the Lord, but the first person that he healed hadn't been dead very long, said the body was still warm. The second person had been dead a little longer, remember? Came in and he told their parents to get, had everybody get out except the parents. He raised that, that, that child from the dead. And then the next one was Lazarus, right? Lazarus had been dead for a while. He, they said, Lord, he stinketh. He progressed in his miracles, right? He progressed in his learning, right? In Luke 2 and 52, it says, And Jesus increased in wisdom, in his knowledge, right? Amen. He increased in his stature, so his size grew, and in favor with God and men. How do you increase with favor, in favor with God? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Doesn't the word say that? His faith grew. He grew, right? He paid for us to be reconciled to God. He paid for us to come back, right? He paid for the Holy Ghost to live inside of me. Because this temple was unclean before that. The Holy Ghost can't live inside of a temple that's unclean. I was made clean through the blood of Christ, right? Now the Holy Ghost is the power. Jesus went away. What did he say in Acts 1 and 8? He said, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, right? And you shall be my disciples, right? Remember what he said? All the things that he told them they could do. Now the Holy Ghost is, in the, is the power, right? To do what? To do what Jesus said. To do what he said. What did he say? In Luke 4 and 18 it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. We're supposed to be telling them. We're supposed to be pleading with them. Come back to God. Come back to God. Please come back to God. Please come back to God. We're in the last days. You need to come back to God. Save you. Save your children. Save your household. Come back to God, right? To preach the gospel to the poor. He's not talking about financially poor right here. He's talking about spiritually poor. He's talking about the ones who got no idea. 
He's talking about the ones who don't have a relationship. We talked about it in Sunday school class this morning. What did he say? Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. They said, haven't we done this and we've done that? And we were in the church and we've been to the, we, we, we've ate with you, Jesus. We've seen miracles done. Right? He said, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Spiritually poor. Pleading with them to come back, right? To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to recover the sight of the blind. Miracles, right? To set at liberty those who are oppressed through the Holy Ghost, right? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to do these things. When he, when he was talking about this, he went in the, in, the, in the temple. He opened up the scrolls. He turned to where Isaiah had said this. So it was good for Isaiah. It was good for Jesus Christ. You see where I'm going with this, right? You have the Spirit living inside of you. Imagine now the Spirit came on Isaiah for his service. We have the Spirit living inside of us. Imagine how much more power you have. We look up to Isaiah, and we should. But you've got the Holy Ghost living inside of you. The power is with us everywhere we go all the time. I'm talking about being skillful. I'm talking about being skillful, right? Jesus' disciples <clears throat> used miracles to lead people to God. They just didn't do miracles just for fun. They didn't do it for profit. In fact, they said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give unto you. They used it to, 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 to reconcile people back to God, right? <clears throat> if we're not skillful ambassadors, people that should receive won't. How many times have I missed it and somebody was supposed to be healed? Somebody was supposed to be saved. Somebody's life was supposed to be changed. But I missed it. Even sitting in a church service, let alone on the street or in the store, even sitting in a church service, the Spirit said something to me and I just missed it. Imagine that. It's not just up to the preacher, right? Holy Ghost lives in who? Everybody. Not just me, right? We all have the power, right? You say God can use somebody else, though. He'll get it done another way. Where's the part of the church that's skillful? Who are we leaving that up to? It's not just up to the preacher. He gave it to all of us. He called all of us to be his ambassadors. He gave this, he bestowed this on every Christian. Every Christian. So when you say, well, somebody else will get it. Somebody else will pick up my slack. I'm too shy to do that. Those people might make it to hell if we're not out there saying, come to God. Come to God. We've got to be skillful in it, though, right? We must be stepping up in our skill level. You can't handle 100% of the power. We have 100% of the power living inside of us. The Holy Ghost has the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. But you can't handle 100% of the power with 6% of the skill. Not going to work like that. What will happen if you try to handle all the power in your profession, Brother Adam, with a little bit of skill? It, it's not going to work too well. It's not going to work out well for you. You see what I'm saying? It takes skill to handle the power. He's given us the power, but we've got to press into the skill. We've got to develop ourselves, right? Being skillful, I'm talking about, is expressing God's word through our life. We know what God's words say, right? We have to know what God's word says to express God's word. That's why it's important to get into our word and read our word. James says we've got to be doers of the word only, not, not just hearers of the word, but doers, right? If we're just hearers of the word only, we deceive our own selves. 
you won't be able to handle the power that's inside of you. Amen? We also express his word when we follow the spirit. Because when we're following after his spirit, he's never going to go against his word. His word's going to show, if, if I was able to listen to his spirit and hear his spirit in every step I took in my life, it's possible to never make another mistake. He knows everything that's laid out in front of me, like we talked about in Sunday school this morning. It's hard to defeat someone who knows your every move, who knows everything that's ever going to happen before it happens. Knows the thoughts you're even thinking while you're sitting there looking at me right now. You get what I'm saying? He's living inside of us. Imagine tapping into that with every move that I make, every step that I take, every word that I say. This is where we need to live at, right? We have to be skillful, right? Skillful. We, we, we express God's word through following his spirit. If we participate in following half the time, the other half will be unskilled. That's where we're at today, church. We're skillful in a percentage of what he's given us. And here's the truth of it. A lot of us aren't interested in getting any better. That's the truth. We, I, I preached about being interested. Katie preached about inter being interested a, a while back. I heard a preacher say, I think it was Darren that said the other day, your pastor knows when you get on your phone, he sees your face light up. <laughs> Some people have Bibles on their phone, I get it. But a lot of people are Facebook, and you see their Facebook posts after church. Right. Amen? If you're Facebook and you're just not interested, you're skilled enough in your mind, right? Skilled enough. <clears throat> if we'd follow after his spirit all the time, it would simplify our life so much. What, think, think about what complicates your life today. We're trying to figure things out. Maybe we're trying to figure out how to pay the bills. We're trying to figure out how to, 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 to parent our children. We're trying to figure out how to, whatever it is, you fill in the blank. We all do it. We're all trying to figure things out. We all spend much time trying to earn the money to take care of or get the things that we want. But if we just follow after him, blessing would follow after us. You follow what I'm saying? If we're following after him, it would simplify our lives then, wouldn't it? We believe we need to be skillful in exercising the word then, right? We, we can all agree on that. And doing the word and exercising our faith. But what about serving? What about serving? Serving in the church. God's word requires us to serve, right? He says he called every member to the body as it pleased him. He's requiring something of us. People want God to bless and heal and take care of everything. But what about our part in this thing? What about pressing into him and becoming more skillful? What about serving? What about your service? Where do you serve in the body? When's the last time you've been pressing in? When's the last time your skill level has raised? You hear how quiet that is? Anybody got a cricket in your pocket? Not all, none of us are, including myself. I'm not, I'm not on a box today talking to anybody. I'm saying this is why we're not operating in the power that we need to be operating in, the power that he's, that he's designed for us to operate, the power that he paid for. It's our skill level, our skill level, right? We know about prayer. We know about faith. We know about authority. We know about fasting. We know about feeding our spirit. We know about following the spirit. We know about having a relationship. Could we understand it better? Absolutely. Could we be more skillful in our operation of it? Absolutely. This is what he gave me this week for us to work on, church. Jesus paid a supreme price, such a price. It should not be okay with us to just stay where we're at. 
when we look at him and he loved me that much and I love him as much as I say I love him, it's not okay. It's not okay. Jesus paid such a price for my life to be different, right? The power is all available. It's always available. He lives inside of me 24-7. He's around me all the time, right? He's everywhere all the time. But it's our skill level that's lacking. We're not operating in the things that he's given us to operate in. We're not following after him. We don't have the relationships. Amen? God requires some doing. We have to progress in our skill level. We went to a few graduation parties and graduations this weekend, a pinning ceremony and all those things, and you see people. We went to a high school graduation, and a lot of people graduate high school. I'd say probably a large percentage of people that start out in high school graduate high school. There's a lot of them. And you can get a job with a high school diploma. You can. And we went to a college graduation, and there was a lot of people, less than graduated high school, but a lot of people who got an associate's degree, right? There was fewer people that got a bachelor's degree. There was fewer people that got a master's degree, and there was even fewer people that got a doctorate's degree. You see where I'm going with this? The more skill you have, the higher the reward. Someone who has a doctorate is probably going to earn more money than someone out of high school. You follow what I'm saying? More skills, higher reward, but fewer achieve. It's kind of the same in the church body. The more skillful we are, the more souls we'll see saved. The more miracles we see happen. Amen? If we're praying and fasting, we got a relationship with God, we're releasing our words, and we got faith, and hey, we'll see some things happen. But the less and less of us that are skillful with it, the less things we're going to see happen, the less souls we're going to see happen, the less growth we're going to see in the kingdom of God. Amen? Can we just take a little time in prayer to get today, church? Talk to God about your skill level. Talk to God about where you're at with your relationship with Him. If you need to, come to the altar. They're always open. Ask Him what it is that we need to change today. Lord, where do I need to get closer to you? Lord, where have I dropped the ball? Ask him this, Lord, has my skill level increased recently? Jocelyn.